We want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. Alan and Trent here. So glad that you are with us today. And Trent, I don't know what the weather's like. I've got all these storms going on. Uh, yesterday, my daughter was in a winter storm watch. Um, I'm ready for summertime. How about you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your daughter is still in Colorado, and I was talking to a friend, a former student that's in Colorado, and he was having thunder snow in, <laughs> in northern Colorado. So, um, But here, it's a beautiful day. We have sunshine, about 70 degrees, and... So it makes me yearn for summertime. Yeah, so we're going to talk about summer today because that's a weird time, I think, in our churches. And if you're kind of newer to pastoral ministry, trying to get through those ebbs and flows of the seasons, we've talked a lot in the past about seasons, the the physical seasons and how we minister in them. Uh, But we want to concentrate on summertime today because summertime is a unique time uh, in the life of our church. I also think it's a time where maybe sometimes we we uh try to shade our summertime a little bit and we don't use it for what it can be possible for and so we just want to give you some things to think about we know you probably have some travels and all those kinds of things going on but don't lose sight of what's possible with summertime ministry yeah i agree alan and so i know that a lot of churches have summertime traditions um, things that happen um, right now we're getting bombarded in our association with churches and their va- vacation Bible school plans um, and which traditionally has been one of the um, most effective evangelism tools and so you know there's all these things going on and maybe your church is is a church that kind of shuts down for the summer um, today, as we talk, I want to encourage you, and Alan, I know, would say the same thing, is that this is, summertime is a time not to be wasted, and we want to um, ask you to look at some possibilities. We're going to work through kind of a short list, with, and it'll be a conversation, hopefully, you'll be able to add to as well. Yeah, so let's kind of jump into it, because I think the, the best thing, and one of the most fun things you can do with the summer is experiment a great time to experiment with your programming and experiment with some options on some things that maybe you haven't wanted to do or were fearful of doing but you can do for a shorter commitment of time so summertime is a great time to um, experiment with some different things yeah i and alan one of the things that we experimented with a couple of times was having um we had youth and sometimes college um, kids that would come on for the summer as um, as part-time staff. And we would have them and we would teach them. We'd do a Bible study with them, but then we'd also give them ministry jobs and ministry positions. Um, and that was a great experiment for us. And it, it allowed us to do some discipleship in the lives of, of youth and, and college kids. And so, yeah, I would agree. Experimenting is it, summertime is a great time to be able to try some things maybe that you've thought about, especially when you start thinking about outreach ideas. Maybe you've had this harebrained idea. You thought, oh, that, I don't know if that would ever work. But hey, give it a shot. You never know. And so I think you're right. It is a good time to experiment during the summer. Yeah, it's a great time to think about where you want to do a service. You know, I know one time we, uh, it's been a couple of years, renting a pavilion out at the lake and we even did a worship service there we did baptisms out at the lake which was 
a lot of fun to go into the lake and do baptisms. So mm-hmm. different things that you can do that you can't do other times of year. You know, can you get away with doing something offsite? A lot of churches struggle to do that, but the summertime's the the natural time to try to experiment with one of those things because most people are going to give you the benefit of the doubt when you try something new in the summer because I think a lot of people expect us if we're going to try something, we can do it then. You can do it for a short period of time. Hey, we're going to take six weeks of the summer. We're going to do this. We're going to take six weeks of the summer. We're going to look at this one particular Bible study and do it on a different night or whatever it is you want to do. You know that people are going to be gone. You know that people will be traveling, but overall, most people will be there for most of it. So it's a great time to experiment. Yeah, and I would say, Alan, that, that summertime, just like you mentioned, you, you had times at the lake, and we did the same thing. You know, we'd have two or three people with campsites together, and all the church would come out and meet at those campsites. We'd do a fish fry and baptisms. And fellowship is an important part of your summer, at least it should be. Uh, and so, you know, people are kind of tuned into that. They like to get together. They want to have parties because it's an they're finally getting to get out of their house after a cold winter, at least in Missouri, it's a cold winter. Um, and so, you know, think about fellowship opportunities when you think about summertime. I think that's a great thing to keep in mind and it will open up some doors for you. Well, let's talk about that from an enjoyment standpoint. Summertime is a time to enjoy and we mm-hmm. should enjoy summer. And I think relationships are what we should enjoy in the summer. It's so much more laid back. Uh, the schedules just aren't the same. Students are more readily available. Um, families are going on vacation. They're taking those special times together. So the time of year where you can probably make the most impact into relationships is in the summertime. Your days are longer. Um, you can just schedule those times. And it's easier to put people together in, in smaller segments in the summertime. So what a wonderful time to leverage the ability to talk to your church people, get together with them around some ice cream, around watermelon, or around a a celebration, a summer celebration, around a picnic, all kinds of opportunities to get together with people and get to know your people better. Yeah, um, one of the things that we did, Alan, this kind of goes with experiment and enjoyment both, is um, our church in Colorado that I pastored was right across the street from the high school. And on July 4th, that's where they set off the fireworks at the football field. And so we we did um, our own like little fair in front of our church. We did cotton candy, snow cones, jump houses, the whole thing. And so we made it a a fun time for people to come together. And it gave us a great opportunity to, to do some things, you know, just fun for our church. But it opened up some doors with relationships uh with other folks too and so um you know there's all kinds of fun things that you can do during the summer and you can enjoy that and also alan i want to say too that sometimes you need to think about your own as a as a pastor or staff family you need some time away to enjoy just your family as well and that's a great time to do that i do remember trent that rochelle and i one time when we were still church planters before i took my uh, last church there in Colorado that uh, Rochelle and I came and spent a 4th of July with you. And I remember the fireworks and the fair and all of that. And that was, it was just a really fun time. Um, a wonderful time to be out in Eastern Colorado. So we, we enjoyed that. 
that's that word enjoyment there are just times you need to enjoy it was a getaway for us and we needed that and we're grateful for that but take time to enjoy the summer we don't get a lot of seasons you know christmas for me as a pastor was always just a crazy busy time and it's an enjoyable time of year you know we sing the song it's the most wonderful time of the year but when you're in ministry <laughs> it's it's like the most busy time of the year and right. summer's kind of the anti season of that so take the time mm -hmm. to enjoy it and find some time to get away now there are is an opportunity trent too to eliminate isn't there um with the summer season well yeah i think you can you know as you think about the things that you've been doing over the last year it's a good time to say okay we're going to stop our schedule um, a lot of people, maybe they stop a program or a class or whatever. And when you do that, it gives you the perfect opportunity to say, you know what, um, we're evaluating that and it hasn't done the best for us. We've, it may be a traditional thing, but we're going to, like you said before, we're going to experiment. And so we're going to try something new. And that means we're going to not do this other thing. And I think summer is one of those good times because people are already expecting something to change. And so you can do that during the summertime. I get that there's some hesitation in your voice. And I know you and I have talked a lot about this. There's a limit, though, to what you should eliminate in the summertime. One of the things and one of the fears I have, and I see this, you know, all over the place. Churches randomly eliminating things because it may be hard to keep the leaders engaged or it's a little more inconvenient because it's summertime, you know, it might be, let's just take an example of you have Sunday school Well, we're not going to do Sunday school in the summer. That can be a real problem because you tell people for nine months, it's, this is a priority. This is our, our kind of our evangelism and discipleship tool of the church. But in the summertime, we don't do that, but that's a big priority for us. You're sending a double message, and I don't think that that is very helpful for your church. And I believe it, it kind of sets back a program like that. So if you're going to stop it, what are you going to replace it with that says this is how we're going to do this in the summertime because this is important? I'm glad you said that replace because sometimes people just stop something and they don't replace it. And summertime is a good time to, you know, let's let's put some thought into this. Let's do some evaluation. Um, and so you don't just stop something, you do replace it or you expand it. You know, this is a time to say, okay, we're going to do bigger and better. I mean, I always encourage my church staff is like, okay, we're going to not just do, do things halfway. We're going to do them to the very best of our ability and we're going to do them big. You know, if it's some, whatever it is, if it's a Bible study, we're going to do it big. You know, if it's a fair, we're going to do it big. And so, yeah, you, you can you can eliminate some things and there is a good possibility of breaking. But just as you said, Alan, don't eliminate things just to say because it's inconvenient, especially when we're struggling as, as Christianity in the United States of having people who are actually discipled. Very few people are actually discipled. And, and so we don't want to put away things that would help them with their discipleship process. Yeah, so eliminating is more of a thing of something that's just completely ineffective or something that needs to go away. Um, for, for instance, 
a church that is wanting to move away from having a Sunday night service because they have a Sunday morning, they have a full Sunday morning program and they're, let's say they want to move most of their children's and youth programming to Wednesday night and they've had it on Sunday night. So you want to kind of flip flop that schedule a little bit. Well, maybe summertime you say, okay, we're not going to do a Sunday night service through the summer because we're going to move everything to Wednesday night. Well, you've actually kind of replaced your schedule. So you're eliminating something because you really just don't have need for it anymore. And that's very different from taking something away that has a high importance and you tell everyone is important, but then you're just taking it away and you're not doing anything to replace that. Now, let me give you an example, Alan, of something sort of related to that, because during camp, um, you know, in Oklahoma, when I was pastoring there, um, of course, we had Falls Creek, which is like the biggest Christian camp in the world. And it's just crazy big. And we had a, you know, we sent our children there for a week and then we sent our youth there for a week. And both of those times when it came for Wednesday nights, which we typically had our Wednesday night program was bigger and sometimes than our Sunday morning stuff. But we would take off Wednesday nights and we would say, okay, we're going to go to camp on these Wednesday nights. We didn't just shut down Wednesday nights. We said, instead of this, we're going to take as many folks as we can, adults, you know, because our kids are already at camp, either children or youth. We're going to say, okay, we're going to load up all the buses, trucks, vans, cars, and we're going to take all of our folks to camp for that one night. We fed them all, we did supper together, and then we would go to worship together. And that was a really good time for our church family. Yeah, so you kind of eliminated something on a short-term basis so you could do something different, experiment, so to speak. So kind of got a double benefit with that. Now, you, you may want to do something different. So let's say, you know, you don't have the teachers to do Sunday morning stuff in the summer. I know we got a lot of small churches out there, but what about doing home groups for the summer? Okay, we're not going to eliminate, but we're going to replace for the summer. That changes that changes the conversation. And I believe that that helps give you a benefit of we're not taking something away that's important, but we're doing something to try and see if we can gain momentum in another way. Yeah, that was an area that we did um, in, you know, we did a ministry to college students um, when we were in Fort Worth and our our church there, we, we, it was easy for us to be able to go and start something on a Sunday night uh, or a ministry to college kids. And so we would do those home groups instead of trying a Sunday school class. We started have meeting in someone's home on either Sunday nights or whatever night, Friday, Saturday, whatever. But it was an easy time during the summertime to be able to do that because you could set up a volleyball net and do a barbecue together. And then you could enjoy just that fellowship time. It was easy to be able to, to do that on, in the summertime. And, and college kids, they really got into it. You could just give them food and something fun to do. And, you know, you don't have to have a Sunday school class, but you could have a great time together at someone's home during the summertime and an evening. So Trent, we're talking there, you know, about eliminating, but also replacing and all those kinds of things. And as I'm thinking about something else, I'm thinking about establishing momentum because we're talking about establishing momentum and 
one of the things people don't see is the momentum of a podcast. So Trent, <laughs> you were talking and it was like a, when we were doing radio <laughs> and we needed to, to go to the restroom, you found the <laughs> longest song you could possibly find. And so I set you up to talk as long as you possibly could, because I had to go answer the door and receive a package. <laughs> and so anyway, I'm back and we're trying to reestablish momentum in the podcast today. So listeners, the, the joy of doing a podcast every week, we don't always know what's going to happen. But right. the next thing really is to establish momentum. Summertime is the ideal time to really do some momentum building things. You don't have to wait for fall and kickoff time that people mm -hmm. use. You actually can do, do a lot of building momentum in the summer. I agree, Alan. Um, and I hope that you'll share some examples of this. But I, what comes to my mind is when I was pastoring in Oklahoma, every August, I, I never would preach in August. Um, I would set it up to where I, I brought in people every Sunday in August, different folks, or I would give like my youth minister or somebody else that we were grooming uh, to be a, a young pastor. I would give them opportunities and then we would put together a theme, you know, for the for August and it was fun. You know, we, we made it into a party. We brought in group music groups, whatever. Um, and that allowed us to start building some momentum as we headed into the fall. And so those are fun times, but I, I didn't, I tried not to preach in August. Yeah. I think what it means to establish momentum is to really leverage the opportunities that you have. Do you springboard off your vacation Bible school? Do you do something on the backside to celebrate that and really do something that builds more excitement for what's coming up? And the other things that you're going to do do you do the same with your youth camp if you send your kids to youth camp or the mission trip that your church is going on are you going to come back and use that and leverage that as a momentum builder for your church those are all things that you can do now one example i have is when when we were building our worship center we had a little pavilion outdoor pavilion on our property already and so we took the summertime and moved out of the school knowing that we were going to be in there by fall. And we started meeting outside on Sunday mornings. And that was probably the biggest time of growth that I've ever had in any church time in my life. Not when we opened the building, but actually in the summertime when our weekly attendance more than doubled um, because people saw not only that we were worshiping, they could see the cars, they could hear the music, they could see the construction. It was just a great time of building momentum. And it always reminded me that summer was so undervalued and so underestimated by so many pastors and others in ministry that we didn't take full advantage of what we could do. I, I love that example, Alan. And, you know, it's those things that really surprise and shock us that, you know, that we shouldn't be because God does some, it never seems to do the same thing twice, but um, you know, having those times when people can see what's going on, it builds excitement, building a new building, but you're all getting to worship outside together and people just enjoy being outside too. But Alan, I wanted to, I wanted to add um, kind of to our topic. When we're talking about establishing or building momentum, one of the things that we have to keep in mind is that as the pastor and as staff, you need to take some vacation time 
or you won't have any energy to build or establish momentum. Uh, and so not only did we, did I not preach in August, but usually in either June or July, we would look at the schedule of camps and we would look at the schedule of um, what was going on in school activities. You know, a lot of our baseball and uh, little league stuff happened in June. So we didn't, we did not plan stuff in June. It would just be a very basic thing um, happening in June. So, and we would tell our staff, hey, this is a great time for you to go on vacation. And we not only expect, but we kind of order you to take vacation and to be gone. You, you find somebody to take your place and we'll be great, but you leave and don't take any calls, you know? And so I would expect my staff to do that. And I would expect them to say, hey, I get to do that too. So we would kind of stagger that and we need that time to, to be able to build momentum. Yeah. And if you work your vacation time right, you can actually get your church excited about the time you're away. I think one of the things, Trent, we fail to do sometimes is recognize that our churches need another voice mm -hmm. and that another voice can be refreshing to them. It's also refreshing to our ministry. It's not it's not a hindrance to our ministry. Too many pastors are concerned that, well, what if they like that preacher better than they like me? <laughs> you know, I don't think a lot of your top quarterbacks in the NFL are sitting there going, man, all of our fans like the backup quarterback more than me. Yeah. That's well, that's how it, we feel. That's how we feel as, as pastors though. Like they're always going to like the backup more and maybe they will, but you're still the pastor and you being away and being okay with that actually can be a momentum builder in your church as well. Well, wouldn't you rather in them enjoy a speaker rather than, oh, that guy was terrible. You know, you don't want to have somebody come in that was horrible. Uh, and it's easy for someone in like, it, like a revival, an evangelist comes in. They, they only have three or four sermons and they preach them again and again and again. And no wonder they're great, you know. But you're the pastor. You're there week in, week out, and you're there serving families and getting to know them. Um, and so that's those are important. There's, don't worry about that. Don't don't pit yourself against them. So one of the best ways to establish momentum, Trent, is to use summertime as a big time for evangelism. And Trent, I know you have a really evangelistic heart. Vacation Bible School is a great tool for evangelism that a lot of churches have found successful. We see evangelism take place oftentimes at youth camps and retreats and things like that. But it's also a great time for our church members to get out because, again, with the extra daylight, there's extra time. Yeah, I think summertime is a perfect time to do evangelism um, strategies and things in your own area. But also keep in mind that it's a great time for your church to go together on a mission trip. Um, and get excited about doing evangelism in other places as well. Um, and honestly, outside of salvation for ourselves, I've never seen anything change a life as much as I have a mission trip that's changed someone's life. And so, man, that's summer times are great times to pile into a van together and go on a mission trip and, and you know, go help somebody who's in need. Um, you can also you know, do some brainstorming with other pastors and say, hey, what evangelism things have you done that have worked out really well? Uh, get some ideas. And, you know, we did vacation Bible school, but then we found that we were doing 
the same um, topic or theme that everybody else was. So we did something totally opposite. We did sports camps or we did, you know, all kinds of stuff just to find ways to be able to present the gospel to kids and to families. Yeah, my church uh, growing up used to do a big service in a big park every summer and invite in a special speaker, but we would rent that park and, and have a picnic and anyone who was there could hear the gospel and we would do a lot of evangelism. Um, we did, we actually had a, at that time, of course, that was the eighties the when we had tons of evangelism programs, but we would do um, evangelism training in the summertime because people had a little bit more time to come up in an evening and whether it was Tuesday night or Thursday night or whatever, you could do that. You can do that sometimes easier in the summertime and it's a short, it's a shorter amount of time. One of the things that many of our churches aren't doing is we don't have a formal evangelism strategy. And because of that, we're not doing evangelism. So having a formal evangelism strategy can be helpful in that. Yeah, Alan, some of the topics we've done in the past talked about um, sermon planning and, and different planning strategies for your church. And summertime is a great time for you as the pastor or you as a staff member or leader to be able to take some time and do some of that planning and having an evangelism strategy that not only has one event, but has several events, you know, and spacing those out, making sure that theme fits together and your church has a, a you know, kind of a steady flow of, of growing people and knowing how to do evangelism. And so, yeah, use that time to plan too. And by the way, go back and listen to some of our earlier podcasts on sermon planning and different things. And if we're not better at podcasting now than we were then, please don't tell us. <laughs> we don't want to know. <laughs> we don't want to know. But anyway, so Trent, we talked about, you know, it's a great time to experiment. It's a great time to enjoy the summer. We should can sometimes eliminate some things. We can establish momentum and we can evangelize. And so those are just five suggestions we have for the summer. We've probably missed something. <laughs> along the way so we'd love for you to connect with us and tell us what we've missed so trent do you have any final words for folks today well yeah just a reminder that this the reason we do this podcast alan and i both have a heart for you to endure we want our churches to not only just skate by by the skin of their teeth but we want them to grow and to see god move in their midst and so um, all these suggestions are things that we've done in our past, and maybe you have some things you could share with us. But please help us by sharing this podcast with someone you know that might get something out of it. And we truly appreciate that you give us a little bit of your time to listen to our podcast, and we hope that this has been beneficial for you today. So thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next week.